a name for that that we we're sort of sharing around here with uh, with consortia. We 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 all as a group call this concept a certified listing. Um, certified meaning that you know the data and the information and the reports that we're providing on there are secure. They're potentially, you know, they're trackable. They're able to be, you know, you can see when there's changes to them. You can also get this data up front and have certainty into when it was built, where it was built, and when it was put into the listing. Hey, folks. This is Clayton Collins, CEO at HW Media. And we're back for another episode of Housing News. And today, I have three guests. This is not the way I usually do these episodes, but this was too important of a conversation, um, too interesting of a conversation, not to get all the perspectives. So today we have Mark Walzer, president at Center Appraisal Management, Teresa Grobecker, CEO of the Real Estate Consortia, and TJ Harrington, president of Center Agency Solutions and Enterprise Business Strategy. I was recording a video with Mark a few weeks ago and kind of let it slip, this idea of a certified listing. That was too tempting, too interesting of a drop not to dig in deeper on. And Mark kind of shared with me that he's been working, he and Incenter have been working with Teresa at the Real Estate Consortia to build the concept of a certified listing. Really fascinating, built on the blockchain. This episode goes into to all the details. Hope you enjoy it. You hear the term blockchain show up more and more in the real estate industry, but what does it mean for lenders and homeowners? And how does servicing work when funding mortgages from the blockchain? Radiant's title insurance and closing services platform, Title Genius, answers these questions with a blockchain-enabled online portal that gives you simple pricing, smarter processes, more transparency, and superior service. Visit mytitlegenius.com. And if you're a real estate agent, there's a link right on the landing page with specific knowledge for you. Check out mytitlegenius.com for more information. So a few weeks ago, Mark and I were recording a video to talk about Incenter Appraisal Management. And like kind of in our our small talk, he, he drops this like partnership that's in development between in center and the real estate consortia is like, Oh, that's interesting. Let's go a little deeper there. That, that, that bridges us to the conversation today. So for our, for our housing news audience, we have three awesome guests today. Mark Walzer, the president at Incenter appraisal management, Teresa Grobecker, CEO of the real estate consortia and TJ Harrington, president of Incenter agency solutions. And I think TJ, you also have the responsibility of leading enterprise business strategy, right? I do. I'm, I'm very lucky. I have a whole, portfolio of companies we'll hear a little bit more about today. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. I'm excited to hear more. So I think for a lot of our audience members are going to be familiar with Incenter to an extent. But as I learn more about Incenter, I realize like the, the more I learn, the, the less I know. It's so diversified and in, into different parts of the housing and real estate ecosystem. So TJ, would you mind kind of kicking us off with a, an overview of Incenter, and then we can pass to Mark to talk about the appraisal management component of the business. Yeah, so the thesis of Incenter is really a lender services division, and at its outset, we've since diversified to add many other companies that are adjacent to the industry. Uh, one of the crown jewels of our company is, Mark, is Mark's company, Incenter Appraisal Management. We also have the Boston National Title brand as one of our portfolio companies. 
Antic, which is an underwriter. We have a capital markets team. We have a student lending team. We have an insurance group. We have a marketing team. We have an offshore fulfillment team for BPO in Manila. Um, really a, a big diversified portfolio tax services, which you'll hear a lot about in, in, as, as we've launched. Really a big diversified portfolio of companies that provide a great experience for both retail and national uh, residential real estate and commercial real estate. Actually, Mark, tell us about the Crown Jewel. <laughs> well, uh, one of them. I would say, but the the appraisal management company is is you know Clayton, you've been kind enough to have us on on various housing wire media in the past, and uh, a lot of the industry is familiar with our remote valve product, which is the um, uh, the remote appraisal management uh, capability, the ability for an appraiser to do a desktop appraisal uh, or just a remote appraisal without having to visit a property, and so that's uh, really. The, the tip of the sphere for us from a technology standpoint, in addition to, in addition to being a national AMC that serves all lenders. Um, and to tie this all together, as TJ said, we, we have all of these various companies. And a couple of years ago, we started thinking about, you know, what would, what would this concept look like if we were to bring uh, our services together with the real estate community, potentially, and work together to create Something new and different that essentially preloads uh, a lot of the information, data, and services that you would need for a mortgage transaction upfront in the listing process. And you know, we we have a a name for that that we we're sort of sharing around here with uh, with consortia. We, we we all as a group call this concept a certified listing. Um, certified meaning that. You know, the data and the information and the reports that we're providing on there are secure. They're potentially, you know, they're trackable. They're able to be, you know, you can see when there's changes to them. You can also get this data up front and have certainty into when it was built, where it was built, and when it was put into the listing. So this entire concept of saying, you know, hey, right now, all of us in the in the title, the settlement title appraisal process, right? We we basically have a catcher's mid open, and we're waiting for a mortgage transaction to begin, and that begins at the point at which a real estate buyer and seller come together and say, "Okay, I want to offer X for your home," and the the seller says, "Sure, I agree. Let's get your mortgage company involved now. Let's kick off these processes." Well, then begins three to five weeks of brain damage on the average loan, right? Of, of falling down and falling off the tree branch and hitting every other branch on the way down in some cases with you have delays in you know appraisals. Every lender listening to us here is familiar with that from the last two and a half years. You've had title clouds and other issues that that derail transactions. And so, you know, we've we've been, you know, looking at this concept for a while. And we found in Teresa's company a perfect partner for this. And uh, and I, I think it would be great to just sort of have Teresa come in on the real estate side of this and just sort of explain exactly how we married these these together. Well, well, hold, well hold on, Mark. You're buddy and editor's best friend. You don't you don't bury the lead. That is that is, that is for sure. I, I want I want to go a little bit deeper on on Incenter first here. And I think that helps set the stage for why this this partnership is kind of a, a unique conversation. A uh, unique combination of capabilities and relationships and skills. So, when we think about the Incenter family of companies, what, what's like the the end game of having 
this uh, combination of technology and solutions and services across valuation and, and title and other parts uh, and BPO, like like what's the goal there as in the center enterprise strategy with the combination of business units and, and what does that do for your clients? So I'm I'm happy to answer that if I could. It's across the board, really, Clayton, it's it's kind of two things, right? Number one, we want to produce the best in class service and products and the best in class technology. And we're also willing to democratize that technology to the industry. So for example, Remote Val is licensable to different AMCs. The technology through Real Search, we make that available not just to Boston National Title, our, our wholly owned agency, but any of Antics agents. The idea is that as a whole, we want to take the really great ideas that we have and spread them through the industry and, and raise the bar for all transactions across the board, which is also part of the thesis of, of the certified listing. It's building a process that changes the manufacturing process that makes everything better for everybody. Um, and across the board, we have cam- uh, we have Campus Store, which is our student lending company. That gives the ability for lenders to to originate student loans. It, it, it really get, brings that as a product set to maybe non-bank originators who now have this as additional value add. We all have student loans. I still have student loans from, from college and law school. And for some borrowers, that can be a stumbling block to realizing the dream of, of owning a home. Now we have a tool for consolidating those that now become part of the salvo that originators have. You know, the whole idea is that we bring holistic solutions that add value to our clients, whether we're direct fulfilling, whether we're bringing a product, whether we're bringing a service, whether we're licensing a technology. The idea... Go ahead, Mark. And I would add to that also what we're doing here as well in providing this, these data sources and these different services up front is we're providing a layer of certainty that is currently not in, not really existent in, in, a, in a mortgage transaction to a large degree today. You're, you're saying uh, when you go into a mortgage process, I don't know how any of these services are going to roll out. In a perfect world, my appraisal gets done in five days and my title comes back like that and it's totally clean. And you know, you, you, you hope for the best. But most mortgage lenders are really good at preparing for the worst, right? And they know that there's a, a huge percentage of their loans that that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to have delays in the process. You're going to have issues that no one saw in, in title up front that suddenly derail you at the 11th hour. And how do you get around that and scramble? And then you have lock, lock extensions. You have contract extensions, which cost everybody money. How can we bring certainty to this process in as much of a way as possible? to make as many transactions as possible go as smoothly as possible. And that's where these, this, this concept brings to life. I think the family of companies approach makes a lot of sense. There's been a lot in like B2B solutions and services and technology across all industries. There's been like singular players who want to be like the one-stop shop. And it sounds like this like certainty you bring to lenders is, is, um, it's kind of emphasized through like the family of companies. So you can have like multiple best of breeds underneath one umbrella. Is that like kind of strategically the right direction? Yeah, Clayton, that's that's absolutely the, the true thing. And, and what we also see is not only we have great technology, we have great products and we have great service. We also understand that, you know, we can't get 100% of the business from a service or from a lender. No, no lender, no bank can single thread through the reality of vendor management and, and OCC, CFPB regulations. So what we've done is take some of that technology, some of the things that that aids us in being some of the best in class and make it available to the whole panel. We think that our, our service is going to be better than anybody else 
24-7. We really believe in our service levels. But the technology enablement that we can provide to raise the bar for everybody else too, that's really kind of the heart of it. Um, you know, I, I mark service levels in the way that he approaches the, the appraisal management world really has blown the doors off of bigger, bigger competitors and landed in market share. Remote Val is just a feather in the cap and a tool that's helped, but the core of his, is, is the blocking and tackling of service. So we're not afraid to democratize the technology and, and put it out there. But your thought is exactly right. The certainty and best in breed and engaging kind of the, the, the different verticals that are available in mortgage, whether it be capital markets, whether it be title, whether it be, you know, marketing, whether it be anything in this space. Uh, is really what we're trying to bring. And to Mark's point, speaking of certainty, not to ruin the tagline, but one of the theses that we had in this product, and that, which put us together with Teresa, was we were seeing Main Street and Wall Street clashing over assets. We were seeing Wall Street winning bids with, with the certainty of cash and the speed to cash and just sweeping out uh, first-time home buyers, sweeping out a certain market segment. And we said, man, is there something that we can do with our bundle of services to make a mortgage transaction have the same level of speed and certainty as cash? Can we put, can we bring parity back for, for a financed offer? And that's really the promise. It's, it's saying, Hey, by, by having this process, we bring value to listing agents. We bring value to buyers agents. We bring value to buyers who now have a certainty that the asset they're buying is, is free and easy. We bring value to lenders where now we can compress their manufacturing timelines and not have the kind of issues that Mark just highlighted. So that that's the the, the thesis is what you said about the best in class for the companies. The output is making something that lifts the bar for everybody. That's perfect. And a great introduction to our, our real guest, guest of honor here. Teresa, thanks for thanks for holding tight when we talked about in center for a minute. I'd, I'd love to learn more about the Real Estate Consortia. Can you give us some background on your organization and kind of the, the broad strokes of, of what you, you stand for and seek to serve the market with? Totally. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast and this video today. Thank you, TJ and Mark and Clayton for organizing this and including me. Um, so I think background is important on this. I started the first online real estate brokerage, boutique brokerage in San Francisco a decade ago before PropTech existed. Um, it was a hobby, actually. And then along the way, um, this is my second blockchain company. The first one was derivatives and real estate. The second one is this one. And I had to read all of Dodd-Frank in the first blockchain company. And Dodd-Frank says that there's supposed to be a ledger for every asset that a bank or a lender owns. And I was like, oh, so easy. That's blockchain. That's all blockchain is. It's just a spreadsheet. Um, and just filed for the patent for that. So anything blockchain, NFTs, and real estate related, filed for that patent in 2018. Um, so along comes Bob Goldberg, who's the CEO of the National Association of Realtors. And he goes, you're ours. And I was like, it's cool. Like no contest, right? Like I made this for you. Um, it was just like gift. It was never supposed to be a business. And went through the accelerator that NAR has through Second Century Ventures. Went through that in 2019. And then I just wouldn't... I refused to touch the project for two years. And it wasn't until TJ and other head general counsels for super huge title companies and secondary markets, they came to me and they were like, Teresa, did you know blockchain can do this thing? And I was like, you ready to do this? Like, boys, let's go. Like, I'm, I've been waiting for you. So that's where we are. That, that's how we got to where we are today. And really, 
the commitment jumping off the stage at the real estate standards organization. Now that's a, it was a child offshoot of NAR and now it's a standalone entity. I co-chair the distributed ledger work group there. And my promise to the industry in 2018 was I will tie the realtor into the middle of this blockchain system, whatever it might become in the future, who knows, but we're going to put the agent there. And I think what's really changed in the last year is, you know what, it's not about the agents. We're still bringing the agent along hundred percent. We've hardwired them in. But it's about the consumer going to TJ's point and Mark's points about we have to do right by the consumer. And that's fundamentally changed everything for us when we see it from that lens. So it's blockchain to make the entire consumer experience better to help. And I say this for agents speak. Agents just want it like really raw and loan originators as well, right? Sell more homes faster. Boom. And if you can make it better for the consumer, then everybody wins and they can do that. That's awesome. Can you go deeper on the distributed ledger work group with NAR? I haven't heard of that before. So I'm curious of like when that group came together and then like what the what the topics of conversation or like priorities have been as that group has started to form. Well, it's it's just a group of nerds. I mean, or you want the longer story, probably, right? Because this is a podcast. The, the, lo- the longer story, but that's a very good way to start. I I <laughs> um yeah, so the former CTO of NAR really spearheaded the distributed ledger and blockchain initiative at NAR many years before I ever got there. And he was already probably two years into this endeavor when I just showed up. Um, so the distributed ledger work group. So Rezo in general, if you've ever looked at real estate on Zillow, Realtor.com, Redfin, right? You've seen the output of Rezo. Rezo standardizes all the information that goes into the local MLS. And there are about 600 of those. It standardizes and push that pushes that through either red speeds or APIs. So that's the way we're able to standardize and normalize, get all of our data. So the distributed ledger work group is working on what does blockchain even look like in organized real uh, real estate. And what's amazing is it's been many painful years of diagramming out Mongo databases versus like any other kind and scripting language. It's been terrible, right? And then all of a sudden, here comes... TJ and Mark, and they're like, hey, guys, there's an actual product we can put on blockchain. And then Consortia just comes along and kind of educates them. I feel like I lost you. Can you guys hear me? I lost audio. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, so it, it's a balancing act, I would say, at this point for the distributed ledger work group to um, say, okay, where, where do MLSs even want to go with blockchain? And what are actual real-life um, solutions for the financial markets. Because I always always say this on stage, follow the money. Where the money goes, so will go the industry. So goes the agent. So it's it's a balancing act of all the different players who are at the table. That's what Rezo is consistent of. And how did... So you mentioned that like a few general counsels, TJ included, like reached out to you and you're like, all right, let's go, let's go boys. How, like, so how did TJ... Did you guys know each other from like previous work experience? Or like how, how did how'd the relationship start? Okay, so so Sheree Cloft, who's the president of BNT of California, uh, is someone who is an industry liaison out in the world and one of the best people I know, period, regardless of anywhere she's at. Uh, I think she walked up to Teresa and said, I really like your dress or, or something to that effect at, 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 a, at an event. But they hit it off immediately and, and just good people attract good people. And lo and behold, they began having a conversation about, about what we were respectively working on and kind of our, our agenda in the industry and what we wanted to bring and just found a, a sameness and purpose and personality that very quickly we found a, a 
you know, we were we were looking for a platform to to bring our solution. Teresa had a platform looking for a product, and lo and behold, together, Teresa's just incredible knowledge on blockchain, incredible knowledge of the industry, our respective knowledge of our portion of the transaction, and and bam, there's tremendous value there. We we were looking for a way to to go to market to to show that this could be a difference maker, but really didn't have the the inroads in that part of the transaction the way that Teresa did and didn't have the deep understanding that Teresa has uh, on that front end of the transaction. So really it, it was kismet. It was meeting at a conference and having an exchange of ideas that led to just, a, you know, at this point, a year and a half of just incredible, fruitful partnership. And I'll say this about that. Like when I met Sheree, I had no idea the conversation would lead this way. And I didn't even start the conversation about this blockchain project at all. Because most title companies are terrified of what consortia could potentially do to the title industry. And I'm actually the biggest proponent of saying you still need title insurance because blockchain is merely a spreadsheet. So you can't go file an insurance claim on your Excel spreadsheet. Like, what are you going to do? Open it and ask it and say, I'd like to file it. Because it's, it's incongruent, right? Like, it's illogical. So when we first met, I had no idea. And then slowly, like, it was, I mean, it happened quickly, but it felt like, I'm always dancing around title companies. Like, we're friends. Okay, we're friends. Like, please don't take out my kneecaps, right? And and that's how the conversation... And TJ and his organization, they want to innovate. Like, all of these, like, hiccups that happen along the way, TJ is like, no, let's blow through that one and that one and that one. And they're just brilliant. And their approach is like, instead of this mindset of scarcity, but like, how do we create abundance for the consumer? So it's just... It's so refreshing to talk to a title company that's like, yeah, let's do this. It's amazing. I, I've been at many a conference where there's like some panel about blockchain and like the conversation quickly goes to blockchain can disrupt title and like and then it goes down this confusing rabbit hole of like how this could actually be implemented. So so TJ, like I know you've heard that rhetoric in the industry. Teresa was just hinting toward it. What got Incenter comfortable with the fact that blockchain might not be a you know a, a death threat to your your title business, but instead something that you can use to build on? Yeah, so it's it's really this. Um, people said the same thing about online recordings. People said the same thing about online search. Every time there's something new in the industry, uh, we said that about about the title decision engines. You know, it's always been, oh my god, this is an existential threat. The, the value comes from twofold, right? It's the fulfillment and the, and, the, and the value chain and the supply chain that title companies provide, the local knowledge and surety of the closing, being a partner in settlement. And then it's the value of the insurance policy of actually being a surety against losses from, from title issues. And as Teresa said, if you actually understand blockchain, you understand that, it, that, it's, that it's a very fancy Excel spreadsheet that, that passes data. That's not a threat to what we do as an industry. The, the, the knowledge and the value that we, we bring is something beyond just the utility that blockchain provides. And really it's a recognition that the knowledge, the people, the service, blockchain's an enhancement to that, not a detractor or disruptor to that. And I want to make the point too, to build off what TJ said, the, the blockchain also has ramifications to the ancillary vendors touching this process, right? So when we when we talk about, for example, the appraisal side of it, just to, to go back into my world for a second, you can't and don't necessarily want to do an appraisal upfront that is attached to a listing, right? That's not something that you want to do. 
uh, Teresa's side of the world would probably chew your head off if you said, well, it's pre-valued before it even hits the market, right? <laughs> and and that robs a buyer and a seller of the ability to, to transact, you know, and, and to negotiate. So that's not what we're doing with appraisal. What we are doing is we're creating an asset, a set of assets that are there that we can pass down from the real estate transaction down to the mortgage company, down to the appraiser and the AMC and say, you can trust this data set of photos and measurements and floor plans and all the other stuff that we've talked about, Clayton, over the last couple of months as it relates to, for example, desktop appraisals or, or anything like that. What if all those assets are there, right? We like we you and I talked on a podcast a few months ago or weeks ago that, you know, one of the problems with the desktop appraisal, at least initially, was mortgage companies don't have this floor plan that's needed for it. And real estate companies can't provide it. And the appraiser is like, oh, since no one has one, I better just go do a full appraisal, right? But what if that entire asset is there up front built into this listing just as you come into the mortgage transaction? Then everybody can make a decision to use that instead of going off and running around trying to figure out how to generate it. There it is. And how do you make it something that as an AMC, I trust it as a mortgage company, mortgage company trusts it. And as an appraiser, an appraiser can look at that and go, okay, that wasn't manipulated. That wasn't changed. That's real. I believe it. I know when it was made. I know how it was made. It's an accurate representation of the home. I'm going to use that floor plan and those measurements and everything else. And I just need to do a few quick verifications and then maybe I can get to an appraisal much, much faster and get it completed. That was the the thing that hooked us on the appraisal side to say, this is why we should get involved in blockchain. You know, TJ has a little different story on the title side, but you know, if you look at every single service, right, there is an element of it that can be put here. And I think it all starts with this listing with the way consortia is doing it. All right. So Mark, you, you teased it out in the, the certified listing earlier. So let's let's jump straight in to the certified listing. So Teresa, can you give us an overview of what the certified listing is and what are the benefits to the mortgage transaction? So I think we, we've, we've teased out some of the concepts, but I want to like kind of get your concise view on what is a certified listing. Absolutely. So let's go to what I said in the beginning, my background, right? Like I grew up, I was groomed in San Francisco. And we've all read those articles that say San Franciscan buyers are crazy because we go through escrow and we close in seven days. Um, we waive all of our contingencies, all of our inspections, and we just go right to closing. Well, it's not that we're waiving everything. It's that the inventory was packaged before going onto the market. So my first deal in the city, the agent on the other side said, I expect a flawless transaction. And I was like, gulp, like, awesome. First time here. Thank you. That's the, the same process that we've done here on blockchain. So we take all these different pieces where the hiccups happen. So first part is getting that floor plan done, that digital floor plan. The agent can do this in that pre-listing period. Like that is totally doable, takes 10 minutes. And that can shave off days on the back end. The other part where we have hiccups is title. When there are issues on title, we just found one actually on our first certified listing there's this $32,000 solar lien that completely blows up the debt to income ratio. Oh my God. And they just decided to sell their house after one year of holding it. I'm also licensed MLO. So I'm out there shoveling it, right? Like I'm doing these deals, I'm coaching agents through it. And I do that so I can understand how to build a better product and where, where we're going to run into trouble, where we're just like going to, okay, we're going to grin and bear this one. So those are the two biggest issues with getting a deal done on time. And we're putting that Instead of post escrow, signing the paperwork and going into escrow, we're doing this before the listing goes live on the MLS. 
So now we're going back to what that agent said. I expect a flawless transaction. That is our goal, that we go into it with one buyer. We're able to close with that buyer because all of that information is already known. And the impact to the agent and to the industry is that we keep the days on the market. That's how we measure success. And we all jockey and we boast for that. We're like, as agents, we're like, my days on the market average 14, you know, like we're all trying to boast that. And so we're able to reduce days on the market. That means less days in escrow. That means fewer loan locks, fewer loan extensions and all those fees, right? So that is what the certified listing does and how it functions and the benefits. All right, perfect. So TJ is joining us as the, the, the resident title expert and legal background. So, so TJ, can you build on Teresa's explanation of title certainty and, and how a certified listing uh, gives the title asset certainty in the process? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're essentially doing a full search at the outset, uh, minus the consumer who's purchasing the home. Everything that we would do to uh, search a property and credential the assets. So really for title, there's two pieces of the puzzle. There's the asset and then there's the, there's the borrower and seller. Asset and borrower and sellers. The, the dirt and the people. Uh, we get to do the, the seller. We get to do the asset and you, you add, you add a ready to go buyer and there you go. You've got a transaction. So doing all the kinds of things that a title agent would be doing to kick off the transaction post receiving a contract, we're doing that in advance. And as Teresa said, there's things about loan scenario. There's things about, I'll give you a great example, uh, property in Pennsylvania, they have an active fracking, uh, fracking operation on there or, or, or gas oil lease or maybe subsurface mineral rights or in other states, water rights or an issue with the legal description or Mary Sue from 1972 didn't sign the deed and she passed away and has 19 great grandchildren. These are the types of things that do, that do get discovered during that contract phase where a title agent's gathering that information and beginning the curative process. And that curative process can extend a contract. It can derail a closing. And if you're dealing with a first time home buyer who is already kind of barely in that buy box, who, who maybe doesn't have that extra money for um, inspections on another property or another appraisal order and a, and a canceling of a contract due to title defects, that could take them out of the buy box. So really the idea is uh, by doing the due diligence up front and, and to Teresa's theme of having a, a, a flawless transaction, all we're doing is taking the standard manufacturing process that we do today in a regular mortgage transaction and moving some portions of it up front in a way that makes more sense, compresses timelines and reduces risk. That's really helpful. So I think I'm getting a good feel for like the, the product side of the partnership. Let's get into like the, the business side of the partnership. So how does the relationship between the real estate consortia and in and center work? And like, it's like, like how, how is the certified listening brought to market from like a business and execution perspective? I guess I'm still curious of. So, so Teresa's out there. Uh, proselytizing to every agent in the country that, hey, we have a better way to have your listings come to market in, in a way that, as Teresa said, compresses that time to close. Hey, buyers, do you want to buy a certified property, a property that you know is going to be easy to transact, easier to transact with? You know, that's really, the, I think, the message that we're going out with at the same time. And what, what Teresa and her team have done, the wonderful part of it is they're building a community where they're educating on both the product set and on blockchain and on the process. And is, they're building a community of like-minded real estate professionals 
who can share best practices and tips around this process. So really, it's a product set. It's it's a social club, and it's like how how can we help you partner to grow your business and be successful? That's really the the way that that Teresa's positioned the, the product set. From our perspective at Incenter, we're going to our lender partners and going, hey, like everyone else in the world, your your manufacturing time has gotten longer. Your cost to produce alone has gotten higher. Your capital markets expenses to hedge in rising interest rates has gone up. Here's a way and a process that if you work with us and take our data set, we can help you compress that manufacturing process. We can help you build bridges to lend to, to realtors, listing agents, buyers agents, where we can build a process together that ultimately is win-win across the board. So that's kind of the, the, the two the two pieces of the market and how we're going about it. Teresa, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I did I capture it for you? Yeah, absolutely. So in real estate on the agent side, there is so much um, noise in the realtor community about what is block, not even what is blockchain. It's like, how is blockchain impacting my business? Is blockchain crypto? There's just, it's very confusing right now. And agents are really struggling. I mean, they want a solution. Clients are starting to come to agents and they're like, how do I do a deal faster with blockchain? And the agents are like, oh, I don't know, right? Like we're looking at each other. Do you know the solution? And so now we're able to educate everything Web 3.0. There are also other issues where you've got NFTs now and real estate selling is NFTs. So as a realtor, we're licensed. And if we do anything that's illegal, we lose all of our licenses. So if we start to sell houses with NFTs, we're now dabbling into SEC territory. So consortia gives all kinds of compliance regulatory training. The other thing is, if you're going to buy and sell with crypto, for the first time ever, we have to do FinCEN AML KYC, which agents have never had to even, they don't even know how to spell those letters. And that's really concerning as a broker with my broker hat on, like, what kind of money is coming through my firm? Am I going to be able to close? So now we can educate. And then after we've terrified everyone, we're like, Here's the shiny way to do real estate better on blockchain. And agents are, they're adapting to it slowly. They're like, okay, scratching their heads, learning it. And they're by and large, pretty grateful to have a solution like this. So let's like clear up the misperceptions here. Because I think that like the the words you just used, Teresa, Web 3.0, crypto, NFTs, like they all get thrown around in in the same conversation often all all on this this Web, Web 3 ecosystem. But today, certified listings, we're talking about blockchain-enabled real estate assets and real estate transactions enabled by the blockchain. We're not talking crypto. We're not talking NFTs. Am I missing anything there? You are absolutely correct. So um, blockchain is a foundation. On top of that, crypto is built. Blockchain does not need crypto to exist. And then an NFT is a non-fungible token. So every house is unique. Every data package Every one of TJ's title reports, every single one of Mark's floor plans, those are all minted as non-fungible tokens. Got it. All right. I think that clears up uh, s- some of the misconceptions out there in market. So now I want to kind of dive like one layer deeper in the partnership. So is this is a certified listing concept something that's going to be kind of exclusively available through Incenter and the consortia partnership? Are there going to be other partners in the ecosystem? Like, How does this play out as it gains traction? So I, I can say from the, the Incenter side, and maybe maybe make a pitch for consortia, um, certainly there's a lot of players that are looking to get in this market. 
I can tell you that no one has a better process or platform than what Teresa has. And I, I think as the market begins to expand and moves forward, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's going to be much credible competition. And that's not, you know, blowing Teresa up. I really do feel that way. And, and I think that Teresa's mindset of this being a utility for the industry um, lends itself to that, where she, her platform would be the premier premier partner to work with for a certified listing. For, for in center, just like we talked about from a technology standpoint, we know that we can't we can't touch every real estate transaction in the country. And that's not our goal. You know, the idea is with with the technology we have at Incenter for research production and for the technology that Mark has for appraisal management and, and remote dial and the floor plans, um, we have an opportunity to be partners with people that want to fulfill this space. The idea is we're not going to corner the market. The idea is that we're going to build a process and a product set that benefits the industry that can be fulfilled by multiple partners across it. And and we do think that the, that the linchpin of it is working with Teresa as the platform. Uh, and that's our our preference and our in our strategy today. But I do think that that Teresa's platform will be a utility for the industry, much like MLS is today. Right? There's these things that are that are utilities that are are accretive to the real estate professional and not just a a, a tribe, kind of more neutral. Yeah, and that universal use concept. <clears throat> like, for example, even if we're you know at this this point in time supplying a floor plan right through a remote valve creation. Up front, that the agent, as Teresa was kind of demoing there, is just scanning it, <clears throat> floor plans being created, measurements, blah, 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 all of that is there. Well, just when it gets into the mortgage transaction, we may not even be part of that, right? You get a you get a buyer coming with some mortgage company we don't know. I don't know who that is. They might have three or four AMCs that they use, or maybe it's a lender that's running their own in-house appraisal uh, desk. Fine, right? The They may or may not give us an appraisal order. And that's not the goal. The goal is to say, here is the asset that you need to do this in whatever way you, uh, you, you, you deem right for you. So if you guys have appraisers you have direct relationships with, give them the floor plans, give them the measurements, let them decide if they want to use them or not, right? Um, and then same thing with an AMC or with the lender, or whoever else you're, you're sending that to, use this remote Val asset to do an appraisal. The, the, the reason I think why we're you know also part of this conversation is because you know, there's there's a there's sometimes a liability issue associated with the real estate community trying to create, for example, floor plans and data up front. So that's something that a lot of agents want to stay away from. And on the appraiser side of the community, as we've talked in the past, there is still a burgeoning or building trust factor in in the type of tools that create these floor plans. So by partnering with us, you're you're taking an appraiser grade tool, remote bell, that appraisers know about because we have been evangelizing this into the market. And we're saying to them, look, all else being equal, you're getting a floor plan, a video recording, you're getting a scan of the home, all of which you can see, you know how it was made. As an appraiser, you can trust the way it was made, you at least understand it, and you can make a decision to use it. That is us, I think, being into being Switzerland, right? <laughs> Basically saying, here's the asset, everyone use it the way you want to do it. And we're just responsible or partly responsible for building part of this overall asset that is a certified listing with consortium. So are there any asset or property types that aren't going to be a fit for certified listing? Like, like what's the what's the asset hurdle that has to be cleared for something to fit the certified listing characteristics? 
So right now, certified listing works best for, uh, well, I guess the go-to-market really is resi. So residential houses, uh, condos, like we're able to, this is the bread and butter for most real estate agents. So we're going after the largest number of transactions, the largest asset class in the world. That's what we're doing first. Consortia has a point of view to also be able to do basically a certified listing or even information for tokenized real estate on the commercial real estate side. So also working with TJ and his team on that as well. Um, because the issue when you start talking about tokenized commercial real estate is there's always a lack of liquidity. Why is there a lack of liquidity? Because there isn't information and underwriting about that tokenized piece of real estate. So we're building that out on the commercial real estate side as well. It's a little bit different because appraisals are done differently. Title, the auditing work is now ongoing for the life of that that placement, that uh, private placement, private security. Um, but that is, it, it's it's a little bit bifurcated in those two directions. But definitely, consortium is working on both in tandem. That makes a lot of sense. So, so TJ, moving past the the tra- the real estate transaction. What is the mortgage servicing and uh, mortgage, the secondary market market community need to understand about the certified listing to to like impact the the sale of MSRs or mortgage backed securities? So I'm smiling because that's someplace that we in our journey we picked up a couple of partners along the way that aren't here. But but first of all, I wanted to shout out Eric Lappin from Form Free. Uh, Eric was at Old Republic. Eric's now at Form Free. Um, Eric is a big evangelist of, of blockchain and crypto in general. And he's always kind of been the little birdie whispering in our ear on that side of that side of the business. And he made some introductions to us on the due diligence side. Um, John Levonic at Canopy talking about the assets that we were generating and comparing notes on what was being done in due diligence and what was being passed the secondary market into servicers and subservicers and, and the things that we would be providing and trying to build a bridge between them. And that was one of the first places we went played because we said, man, um, there's kind of two two components. First, to, which I think is really, really important to highlight, the, the assets that are generated ultimately belong to the homeowner. And so the NFT that's generated would have all of the housing information that we use to build the assets. And now when a homeowner goes to refinance, they have their policy, they have the search, they have everything about the origination and now hopefully they're not reinventing the wheel when they go to refi or reinventing the wheel when they go to sell. And so there's an easier transaction in their future by being able to rely on the, the NFT. So there's a consumer benefit to build to, as a jumping off point for future transactions. For the, for the mortgage originator, for this, for the due diligence company, for the servicer, these are data points that now they'll have the provenance because one of the things that we've built into Teresa's platform is this DAO and this governance that there's essentially light third-party oversight requirements with my E&O policies, with my licensing, with with my net, some some of my information about my company, kind of those items that you'd see in a, in a lender's due diligence package for a provider. That's now part of our identity, having written to the blockchain. And so now, when you go through it, you're not gathering that. You're not having to reinvent the wheel. There's a validation responsibility on the data points because now you know who provided it. So it makes that due diligence process happen easier. And there's the continuity of the ledger that gets to pass the secondary market into servicers where now they're not having to reinvent the wheel at, a, at an early stage default. You know where you've come from. Those assets are available. You're hopefully not having to do replacement policies. 
there's all these there's all these things that that provide efficiencies. Just like the consumer experience, you're now you now have a, a jumping off point because you have that certainty of data from that that initial transaction state. You mentioned provenance. I'm just connecting dots here, but is that in relation to the the blockchain that Cagney has been building on for the the figure business or? Well, you are, you are, and that's that's we're not partnered with Figure today, but their their concept of, of bringing that to the to the origination space is really what it's the missing donut hole in what we're talking about today. So we have that front end, the listing stage, with the title and appraisal and the pieces that, that on the real estate side that Teresa brings to the market. We have that that due diligence and secondary market piece. Really, it's finding lenders like Figure that see the vision of it and want to partner with it. And have a way to ingest the data and have a way of differentiating their manufacturing process by pulling that data, data along with the transaction. So that's like a great partner for us. Figure if you're out there, give us a call. Uh, but that's the, the idea is we, we, we are currently working with a number. Of, I can't say everybody, but there's a lot of partners in the market that we've had conversations with that are very interested in the process and are getting their arms around what that means for their origination process. Because they are not native blockchain lenders, they don't have the way of digesting it, having that come in through uh, what we're proposing today. So that's really the bridge that we're currently building. Interesting. I, I think I think Mike's a regular listener, so uh, maybe maybe that'll have some benefit there. It definitely um, I, the mentions of like John Levonic at Canopy and Eric at Form Free. I mean, y'all have had credibility throughout this this whole conversation, but you definitely have some of the right. People around the table, uh, being the little birdies whispering. I, I, John's been such a smart um, kind of friend to Housing Wire and someone who always brings value to every conversation. It's he, so that's a, that's a great person to have in the game. As of this morning, he'll be coming on as an advisor to Consortia, and he'll be building this um, for secondary markets. And there's actually probably a SaaS product for agents to tie them in loan servicing on the back end. There are no RESPA, there's no RESPA violation, there's no licensing that's there to really tie in and go directly to the consumer to get that kind of loan servicing information from the consumer for the life of the loan. Again, this is all for the benefit of the consumer. The side note is, oh, by the way, the agent is now relevant during that 10-year sales cycle that I was so famously on stage last year saying on the milestones. Like, we are supposed to keep in front of our client for 10 years and we offer zero value. Guess what? The loan is active for that whole period of time. So we're really thrilled to be able to provide that efficiency and that insight to the actual asset, be it the mortgage or the piece of property. So we're thrilled about that. John is brilliant and I owe it all to TJ to for all these introductions, right? To these like huge, like brilliant people in the industry. This is awesome. Well, Teresa, TJ, Mark, thank you all for, for joining us today for the Housing News Podcast. Mark, a, a second thank you to you for kind of sharing the idea of this partnership with us. I'm, I'm really excited to learn more about the certified listing. And I'm, um, I'm confident that if this charges forward at the pace that you anticipate, we'll be having follow-up conversations about the certified list, listing in the near future. So thank you all very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Clay. Thank you, Clay. Thank you, Housing Wire. Bam. Now that is a wrap of this week's episode of the Housing News Podcast. Do me a huge favor and go to iTunes and rate this show. And if you leave a comment, you better tune in next week because you might get a shout out. Thank you.